0: Welcome to What The Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner.
1: Welcome to the 28th episode of What The Wealth. This is Jonathan Bedner. I'm a certified financial planner and host of the What The Wealth podcast. And today we're gonna just talk about a follow-up from the podcast we did last week, which was mistakes investors make. And this time I wanted to speak a little bit about investor personas and a couple of different ways that people or a couple of different categories people fall into as an investor. You may think of this as very, very conservative or very, very aggressive, or I'm a real estate investor, or I only invest in index funds or whatever the case may be. But I actually kind of view this a little bit more detailed than that. And I think of them as investor personas. So again, on episode number 27, I spoke with Julian Morris colleague advisor out of Boston area we talked about mistakes people make and i thought this would be a good follow up to kind of talk about a couple of different personas that i've noticed people have or you know just different investors have so let me start out with just a couple of kind of some 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 of the biggest risks to the to people's investments so the first thing to know about investing and this is very very important is you need to align your investment objectives, your investment policy statement with your objectives. And if you don't align your dreams, your core values and your objectives with your investments and your investment policy statement, which is an outline that details uh, how you're gonna make decisions, how you invest your money, what kind of allocation you have, how you decide you're gonna make a change in your investments. It's kind of the the playbook, if you will, if you're going to, if you'll allow me to make a sports analogy, it's the playbook for the game that we call investing. And investing is not a game, obviously. It's very, very, very important and crucial, but it's not willy-nilly. There's a strategy behind it, and that investment policy statement is the strategy that helps marry your core values, your objectives, your dreams to your investments, your investment decisions, your allocation, and just your overall investment strategy. So here's a couple of, I'm gonna run through just kind of four or five risk to your investments. The first one is overconfident. So overconfident investors think that they have more control over their investments. They think they can actually you know, do a better job at spotting good investment opportunities, maybe than other people or professionals or pundits, or even just other, you know, normal people. And this can lead them to take on risks that hurt their investments and really hurt their long-term investing and their plan and how that impacts, you know, those, those dreams, those core values and those objectives. So overconfidence is, is a, is a big risk people have when they're doing, you know, their investments. The next is imposter syndrome. So imposters think that their successful investment decisions are not the result of their own research or, or skill or, but actually just blind luck or some other factor that has nothing to do with them. And this is actually just, I call it head trash, but it's, it's self doubt. It's low confidence. It's Someone else always does it better and this self-doubt can paralyze people from making good sound, you know financial and investment decisions and it's head trash and we all we all suffer from it not even in just in investments, but in life. so and so you know maybe your your neighbor you know you think does, this better or you think your spouse is a better cook or you think that you know a coworker is better because they do certain things and in reality what you're doing is just creating this head trash and you're not giving yourself credit for your strengths and everyone's strengths are different but that doesn't mean that you're subpar or weaker or not as good as someone else because you have different strengths and so The imposter syndrome is that your success has nothing to do with you and it has all to do with either luck or someone else. And it can be very, very damaging for your confidence and for your psyche and, and, you know, for your investments. So the next one uh, is fear of loss. So this is, you know, as investors, I don't remember where this study is, but Investors a lot of times are more afraid of loss than they are happy to get returns. And actually I've seen something that says people are two times more emotional about losses as they are for their, for their gains. And so that fear, that fear of the of your investments going down can lead people to not take on enough risk or potentially sell an investment too soon, but they end up making decisions that are adverse in their future success because they want to avoid the loss. And it's very, very prevalent. We just, people don't like to lose and and that's more painful than winning. And so fear of loss is, is a third risk. Panic is a fourth risk. So This is kind of, kind of goes into that fear of loss, but panic is when you start to make decisions based on the market or investments starting to move quickly. And then you worry about that fear of loss. So you panic and sell and you get out and it can be detrimental. And it's a lot of times it's not necessarily always bad. You know, I think that you can, execute strategies potentially to exit the market, the bigger problem is people here is they don't have any strategy to get back in. And so if you decide you're going to exit the market, then having a strategy to get back in is important. So one strategy might be if you decide to exit the market, maybe you don't exit the market completely or sell your investments, and this is obviously stock or bond investing that I'm talking about specifically here, but maybe one of the logics is if you if you just can't help yourself that maybe you reduce risk beforehand. If you do end up selling, you probably shouldn't sell everything. And in your investment policy statement, you need to have a re-entry strategy. So maybe that's, you know, we're gonna put in 10% a month for X number of months until we're back into what we should be whatever that allocation should be. But panic, emotional cells can be detrimental to your plan. And especially if you don't have a reentry strategy after that. So it's very, very difficult to time the market. So you, you, a lot of times you just got to put the emotions aside. It can be very, very difficult if you do. And this is where we were talking about mistakes last time with uh, Julian but you have to have a strategy to get back in so the next is greed greed is just as dangerous as panic so you think that the stock is going to go sky high there's a big or was a big movement recently about a certain certain retailer who made or sold video games and the stock shot up from like five or ten dollars up to close to 500 and it was a big war between retail investors and hedge funds and what you saw was you know in this case you had some people that said they didn't care if they lost and and but you had a lot of them pumping up. They thought this stock was going to go to $1,000 or higher. And that was greed, you know, not willing to take their gains that, you know, several people made, you know, turn tens of thousands of, of dollars into to millions and, and tens of millions and, and too greedy to sell because it's going to go higher or didn't care uh, if they lost the money because all they were trying to do was put the hedge fund out of business. This is real money. That's absolutely very, very stupid strategy. And that's where greed got the best of them. So investors wanna make all the money they can. And while we know that you know, sometimes things sound too good to be true, usually it is. And that's a case of this retailer. That's exactly what we saw is that at some point there are other people that come into play, other investors come into play. And so it can change your strategy. So from time to time, and even if we take that situation out, that was a kind of a one-off fluke situation, but I think it's very, very powerful to show, you know, the greed and the fear and the panic, but sometimes greed prevents people from making good decisions to go back to their original allocation, because maybe it's the only stock they, air quotes, perceive as working or growing in their portfolio. And so, and a lot of times that's just because they're not giving the rest of their investments enough time to work, but you need to stay properly diversified. You need to set how much you're going to be allocated in each position inside your stock. You know, are you going to own 2%, 3%, 4% of your overall portfolio? You know, what, what I go back to, what's your investment strategy? How do these stocks play a role in, in your investment? So greed is another thing. And if you're, if you're too greedy, you know, you could find yourself in a position where you don't ever sell, you don't ever take profits, you don't ever take money off the table, and the investment goes south on you and potentially years of, of great investments ends up not turning out so well because you just refuse to sell. You got greedy. So the last one is FOMO. This is a kind of a rather new acronym over the last couple of years, and it stands for fear of missing out. And so this is people afraid they're going to th- miss the next big thing. So you end up making very rash decisions based on this fear that you're not going to, that you're going to miss out. You're not going to get in. You're not going to make any money and everyone else around just going to get rich. And then you're, you're the pauper that got left behind. And then you're, again, you're, you're back to making decisions, not around your, your goals or your objectives, but rather just quick decisions, and, and, and fear. So you know, those are five or six kind of uh, ideas around risk that can be associated with investing. And so now I wanna talk about four different investor personas. So now that we have this understanding of behavioral risk, I wanna look at some common investment personas and see if you recognize any of these in yourselves. If, if any of these things sound like you. And by understanding these risks and our own motivations, you know, we can we can better prepare, take the motion out of our investing decisions and keep that in line with again our investment policy statement and our dreams. So the first one, a first persona, this is a guardian. And in my mind, guardians have long-term a hands-off approach to investing. And they're really good at blocking out the noise, the the dire headlines, the Screaming talking heads on TV, you know, that, that may mention the sky is falling or this stocks, you know, go into the moon, you don't miss out. And that can in- either invoke fear of loss or panic or even, you know, greed. So, guardians also kind of prefer either automatic contributions if you're saving money or if you're in retirement, maybe you pref- they prefer automatic distributions. And you know, it's a set amount that they're either adding or set amount that they're taking out in a very methodical way. And so these portfolios have structure and that structure follows that investment model and that investment policy statement. And guardians are also pretty ideal investors. The problem that guardians sometimes have is they're a little too risk averse, which may cause them to not take on enough risk. And if you're not taking on enough risk sometimes, then you might be falling short of meeting your dreams. So there's a fine line of taking on too much risk, but not enough risk. So that's, that's the guardian. The next one I call the chief. And the chief relies on their own intuition to make in, investing decisions. And, and a lot of times this intuition has been honed by, you know, years of research or, Kind of the school of hard knocks, you know, this is the way I've done it always, and it's worked, or or maybe some 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 research they've done, and it's and it seemed pretty reliable. Where some of the chief starts to have some issue is some of these winning streaks, it's fueled by that instinct or that intuition, or maybe it's even pure dumb luck, which a chief will also credit to their incredible instincts. Can lead to overconfidence and and potentially taking on too much risk. And this puts you into a position where, if if you end up taking on too much risk and the market tends to change, then you could end up having a portfolio that maybe falls faster than another portfolio because you got out of weight weight, or maybe you were invested in too much technology or too much you know energy stocks or or you know whatever the the investment intuition led you to invest in. So it's important to kind of to, to go back and keep that overconfidence in check. Chiefs also like the portfolio structure that, you know, the guardian likes, but they are usually willing to take a little bit more risk. The next one is the inspector. So this is, I think of someone that maybe have like a magnifying glass or something. So this is, I would consider this person to have analysis paralysis, they love to research they're very hands-on approach to investing they like the tedious 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 research they find that a hobby maybe like they they really just enjoy nerding out on on research which is good cuz you you don't want to go and just make willy-nilly decisions based on intuition all the time you know a lot of people can make successful investments based off intuition like in the chief scenario or chief persona, but that doesn't mean you're going to do it every time. Um, and actually I would argue you're probably going to do it less. There'll probably be more times you lose off intuition than you are successful off of your intuition. So the one of the problems that the inspector has is they tend to suffer from confirmation bias. So the information they seek out may not be reliable or adj- objective enough to be useful or to confirm their, their research, their thoughts, their, their investment decisions. And so sometimes the research analysis can be costly because they can't make a decision. They don't get that confirmation. And so inspectors kind of suffer from that FOMO. They never were able to make the decision whilst everyone else was. And so they end up missing out on the returns everyone else has. And then finally there's what I call the, the outlaw. And so the outlaw loves to take a hands-on approach. They, they like to dive into the weeds. They like to, to do research. They like the intuition. They like to take on risk. Sometimes they're too hands-on. And where outlaws make mistakes is just a lot of times just trying too hard, not letting the time work, not letting the strategy work not letting or not getting, you know, professional advice or second opinions or, or stuff like that. So a lot of times outlaws will try to time the market. Maybe they'll invest in penny stocks in hopes of getting rich quick, maybe pursue investment decisions based on something a relative said, or a neighbor said, a lot of times they'll deviate or even abandon their financial plan or or their investment policy statement. And they anchor to maybe one win they had, or they think they've got enough money to get, you know, to live in retirement, or they think they've got enough money to, to survive. And they actually end up doing much more harm to themselves than good by being involved too much, making too many decisions, not giving the plan or the investments or the strategy time to work, listening to too much outside influence, whether that's the news whether that's a relative, whether it's a neighbor, or just like I said, not even following their plan or their investment policy statement. And so, you know, those are the four personas that I have in my mind of just different types of investors. And, you know, I'm specifically talking here about your investors in the equity or stock markets, but that doesn't have, it's not limited to that. It could be, you know, investment investments in real estate, it could be investments in businesses, it could be investments in e- even your own self-growth, you know, how, how you're how you're, you know, choosing to make decisions for yourself to to grow to get better decisions you make around your family. I mean, you could apply these to several different aspects of life, but obviously here I'm talking mostly about being invested in, in the equity markets with, with stocks and bonds. So those are the four personas. And finally, I just want to kind of close on, you know, awareness is power. So the purpose of this podcast was again, to kind of fill some gaps in on the conversations I had last, last time on episode 27 with Julian, again, about uh, mistakes investors make And so, again, this one is just to kind of to think about what are some of those major risks? What are some personas and how can I align with with those? And then you can start to realize, okay, yeah, I am a chief. I am an outlaw. I am a guardian. I am an inspector. And then once you have that awareness of which persona you fit in, then we can start trying to identify how do we. How do we cope with that how do we start using that to our benefit and how do we use that to start preventing investment mistakes for the future so that you can stick with your plan and you've got a strategy that will help you pursue your ultimate your ultimate dreams and your objectives and you let your money be that tool and power you know that the rocket fuel the power for your financial plan, for, for your investments, for your livelihood. So with that said, I will I'll close it out. If you have any questions, you can email me at info at paradigm That's I N F O at paradigmwp.com, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M WP I'm having really fun doing, I'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast. So this was number 28, episode number 28. As always, this is for general educational purposes only. It is not specific investment advice. You should obviously consult your CPA, your tax professionals, your attorneys, your financial advisors for anything that may be specific for you. If you have questions or or you want to reach out to me or you want to, you know, you got a question you want me to talk about on air, you want my feedback for your specific situation, I'm happy to do so. Again, you can email me at info at paradigmwp.com. Thank you all for listening. Go out, create the life you love, and I hope you have a great day.
0: Thank you for joining us on What The Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love.